Welcome to the Bariatric Nutrition Coach Podcast, where we empower you with weight loss, surgery, nutrition knowledge, mindset advice, and inspiration, so you succeed in your weight and health journey. I'm your host, Jane Stoltz, and I am a bariatric dietitian who has helped over 1,300 people on their weight loss surgery journeys. I'm also a solo mum, lover of long walks while listening to podcasts, partial to a glass of wine, and the ocean is my happy place. Join me as I dive deep into bariatric nutrition and lifestyle topics and deliver them to you in bite-sized, palatable episodes every Monday. Now, let's go. Welcome, everyone, to this week's podcast episode, and I have two wonderful guests with me today, and I can't wait to introduce them because they also have a podcast and it's fantastic and it's sharing so many wonderful real patient journeys. So welcome Shannon and Lita, a lovely couple who have had bariatric surgery together. They had surgery a week apart, but I'm going to hand over to them so they can introduce themselves. So welcome. Hey. Thanks for having us. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) You want to go first? Uh, yeah, I got this. This really, the longer the journey goes, the harder and harder it gets to like sum it up or like give a bit of perspective. But essentially, what year did we have surgery? 2018. 2018. Yeah. So I, I had surgery in 2018. We'll just clarify, we didn't know each other at the time. We met through the yep. bariatric community um, about a yep. year in or so. But yeah, when I started, I was 175 kilos. My lowest was about 79. I'm sitting around 95 at the moment. Yeah, that was been a heck of a journey i'll kind of go into it a little bit further but i don't want to <laughs> overload too early and i i started at 127 kilos my lightest was 65 i'm now seven months postpartum we've got a beautiful little seven month old baby daughter and i'm now sitting sort of around that 85 to 90 kilo mark so definitely a, a journey to say the least the ups yep. and downs and getting through it yep. all <laughs> absolutely amazing because you're you've got your before pictures on your website yep. and because you have a website with your podcast and it's amazing and also thank you for being so open and sharing and doing your podcast because we need more Aussie we need more voices more people sharing their experience but also I'm really passionate about more Aussies sharing as well so thank you so much and we're saying I was joking before we jumped on about how romantic I initially thought you guys had actually had your surgery right the same day but you met so that's really wonderful yeah so I really love to start with guests by asking why you decided you for each of you personally why you decided to have your bariatric surgery and I know it's a bit of a while ago but yeah I'd love you to share I'll go first. I look back now and I I don't realize, I didn't realize how much the weight was affecting me, not just physically, but mentally. I wasn't in a great mental state now reflecting back. And for me, at the time I was married, I was married for 10 years and we separated about a week or so after the surgery kind of thing. But for me before surgery, I just was existing. I wasn't living. And I got to a point where I tried so many diets. I'd lost like 50 kilos, like five times and always put it on plus a little bit more. And I just sat down my bariatric, uh, my surgeon who I ended up going with, and he was just like, Are you do, like, he kind of went, have you done this in the past? And I was like, yes. And he's done this in the past. I'm like, yes. And then he's like, he kind of went tick, tick, tick. And I was like, all right, this sounds like it's the right thing to do for me. I was a little bit of a skeptic. I'd like looked at people doing it. I was like, that seems dramatic. But now reflecting back, it's definitely not 
as dramatic as I always put emphasis on. I, I understand it's a great tool, but obviously being like six years out now, I've come to realize it's about a lot more than just the surgery, but it's a great kick in the right direction. And yeah, yeah. so just hitting that rock bottom, I guess, essentially was where I was at. And it was like, what did I have to lose? So it was throw some yeah. money down and try the surgery, see if it could help me. And I did. I'm very grateful I went through and did it. That's for sure. I would really like to say that I did it for health reasons. But if I'm being 100% honest, it was definitely for like an aesthetic thing for me. As my journey went on, it definitely turned into that I wanted to be healthier and fitter and all those sorts of things. But I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't for the fact that I I wanted to look good. I traveled all of Europe for all of my 20s and everything. And my best friend was a size six, blonde hair, big blue eyes. And I was the complete opposite so for me and I hate using the word fat but I was a fat fit person if that makes sense like I would do f45 two times a day like I was always out there exercising I do boot camps and I was just never really getting the results I tried every diet under the sun and I was just becoming uncomfortable with who I was in my own mm. skin I even turned down being a bridesmaid to one of my best friends because I didn't want to ruin her photos and all those sorts of things so it kind of became a I, yeah, I wanted to look good and I wanted to, I just didn't like the person I was becoming, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, I took the plunge and, and it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, no, wonderful. And everyone has their own reasons for having surgery. And I think I talk a lot about it with clients and just in general about people really remembering their why. I don't know if you've talked much about this, but and, and often the why is not the number on the scale, really. That's kind of what we people have as a goal. And, and But the why is that really emotional, deeply emotional. And Shannon, you said you felt you were just existing mm. and later a feeling just not happy in your body. And yeah, so you are further down the track than some other people that will be listening to this podcast. I would love to ask you, what do you think the hardest adjustments have been? And I know this is a really big question, but it's one of the biggest, mm. hardest adjustments in your lifestyle because there are so many changes we ask of people after bariatric surgery. There's so much habit behaviour change. And some people find it easier than others, but it still can be really hard. People say often the emotional journey is harder than the physical. Mm. But where you are this six years, six years down yeah. the track, yeah. What do you think, big picture, the hardest parts have been? <laughs> I'm still, I'll go first because I know yeah. the answer to this. I'm still struggling with, I'm a foodie. I love food. I still love food. And I'm very grateful for the fact that whenever I go out, I can share meals with Shan because he kind of like keeps me in line because I'm still the kind of person that I want to order everything on the menu just to taste it all. And I think that's being, don't get me wrong, I can still eat out, I can still enjoy food, but I think mentally, my dad used to always say to me, your eyes are bigger than your belly. And that's like actually true now. My eyes are bigger than my belly and I struggle with that still. I'm really lucky that I've never been one to sort of throw up after eating too much, but I definitely push my limits. I think that's been my biggest struggle mental yeah. feeling with portion size and not being able to order a variety of mm. things has probably been my biggest hurdle. And Lita, did you remember in the early kind of medium days after surgery, did you feel a bit of a mourning, a loss for that? Because um, I'm, I know some people do say that there's that a real... Bias remorse. Pardon? Like bias remorse, like you kind of have that like, oh, what have I done kind of situation. Oh, 
more, more that if food is such a big part of your life and that enjoyment and you go out and you eat, it's a whole experience. And when people find that experience changes so significantly, there can be kind of a mourning and a loss of like, how am I going to go out and even socialise and have the same experience and feel satisfied, if that makes sense, just with, I didn't put myself in that situation. I um, waited until I was three, four months post-op before I even tempted to go out to restaurants or anything with my friends. I'm a very prepared person. So I had everything like pre-made in my fridge and freezer ready to go so that I had it all there and there was no sort of questions about like what I can eat or what I should eat. I'm a very social person. So I just made all my friends come to me to my house (laughs) rather than me going out and like testing. Because yeah, I think again, for me, it's a lot of the mental game. Like I know how much I can eat, but it was just putting myself in situations where I was tempted by things. I, I just avoided it at all costs at the beginning when I sort of like got into the swing of things, it was easy because like I know that I could go out and I would just eat six oysters and that would be my whole meal because like, and I I often say to people, I explain it that after surgery, it's almost like your taste buds are heightened because you've got such limited space in your stomach that you kind of only want to eat the good things. Like you don't waste that real estate on things like hot chips and bread and stuff like that. So once I sort of like settled into bariatric life, so to speak, I actually really enjoyed going out because I would have prawns or I'd have oysters. I'd like, it was almost like more of a treat than anything else. Mm. So I don't know if that's helpful because I just avoided the situation. Well, everyone has their own way of their own journey and their own way of working through things. So some people that is not going to be what they want to do and they want to get out there and really learn how to earlier, but everyone's really different. So I like that limited real estate aspect. <laughs> and you, what you're going like, I'm going for quality, not quantity. Yeah. And that can be a great or big shift. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Shannon? What are your thoughts? It depends which, which year we're talking about. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, Every year has big adjustments. It honestly <laughs> does. Like I think still to date the hardest bit was coming to the understanding like in the early stages when I had restricted food and I started losing weight. And I went through this period where I, I expected to like myself more without the weight. And then I came to this like bit of a realization that I like, I wasn't very, like I was putting the emphasis on the weight, but it wasn't the weight that was the issue. So having to kind of unpack all that was quite tough, like actually learning to self-validate and so I was always relying on others and external validation and stuff and having to go through that was pretty hard in the first year. But then all of a sudden, I reckon three or four years out when you kind of, the restrictions definitely easing off and you, it really puts into perspective how much focus you've put on the right things and that's why with our podcast we always talk about like using the early days to set yourself up for success long term because I definitely put a lot of emphasis on like exercising like calorie deficit and stuff like that probably not enough emphasis on nutrition and food put more on like calorie offset rather than like understanding certain aspects of nutrition so for me it was definitely that realization factor when like things started going the opposite way because I didn't have the right things in place and those habits were still there. Like they definitely disappear in the early days with the habits because the, the surgery is masking them. But when they start to return, you start to go, oh, wow, okay. Like it's still yeah. there. I'm still the same person and and I need to kind of work out how I deal with this now. So it's, it's yeah, I reckon that those two periods have really stood out to me as being like the real test of times. But I'm also someone these days who I enjoy the challenge rather than getting scared from the challenge. Like I've done ultra, like 
ultraman i oh, not ultraman but like ultra marathons and stuff like that so i, I lean into the discomfort side of things now because i understand that's where growth comes from i definitely was a person before surgery who always chose the easy way i was like if that's hard or it puts me in strain or i feel tired or i don't do it i would just sit on the couch and do the easy things so i definitely lean into that side of things so these days i enjoy the challenge i'm just i understand it took me 30 years to get to this point and it's probably going to take another 30 to get away from it you know what i mean so I'm, I'm okay with a long journey now like i understand Great. Yeah. This journey is a marathon, so yes. And you're doing you're one of those crazy people that does marathons. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things you said there I thought were really great points. Often I find working with people, and I think it comes from this the years of dieting as well, when I get to a certain weight, I'm going to be happy and things are going to be all great when there's a certain number on the scales. And I was talking when I was coaching one of my clients this week about that, about working to be content and that self-love and all of that where you are now because mm. it actually doesn't change. It can be really surprise people when they get to maybe their goal weight or wet something and they actually still don't feel like, well, they don't feel like they thought they would. Yeah. So I thought that was a really great one, a great point. And the other thing, we're so on the same page. I am really passionate about people not just letting the tool of bariatric surgery do all the work in the early days, having that, particularly that first year, 18 months to lay the foundations of habits. And mm -hmm. I say all the time, the habits that get you the best result from your surgery are the same habits that will help you keep it. Yeah. And habits aren't the sexy stuff. People like the, the menus or the, the recipes, and that's, I think, where people often enter their bariatric journey and feel that that's going to be, oh, if I know a good recipe and I know a good meal plan and, and those things. But no, I thought that was a really great point of that. And that's just life. Sometimes the weight's coming off and things are, you're getting good result. But there's points where you go, okay, I really need to change those habits. And behavior change is really hard. Let's just yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always said early on, you had to, I had to drop the ego, like understand I didn't know everything I needed to learn. I was broken and I needed, it was a big thing I said a lot early on because I realized I was very stubborn and had this mindset of not listening to others because I thought I knew the right way when clearly if I got to 175 kilos, there's a lot I don't know about my body and nutrition. So <laughs> I had to really let that guard down and be like, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm going to just go and get like a kindergarten mindset of I want to absorb all the knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So being six years post, and I'm coming back to that because many people listening to my podcast will be in that even pre-surgery stage or obviously any stages before six years. And I do have people listening that are way past. But what's different now, like, and you may have touched on some of this, but in the early days, what is different to the early days now for you in for life? It's yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that in like the I don't know. The way that I mean that is like first year, it's exciting because yeah. you know you're getting the validation from people, the weight's coming off, you're 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 learning and sort of like introducing yourself to new things. We that's when we kind of got into running and that's when we found triathlon and park run and you're you're exploring oh. and you're learning and you're dropping all the weight and everyone's commenting on how great you look. Nobody says to me now, oh, wow, well done. You're the same. Oh, well, I've been tamed since I last saw you. And that's the thing. It is, it is very, it's boring, yeah. but it's also just normal life now, yeah. I guess, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. it, it is hard too. It's, it's boring and hard because 
like being six years post, there's things that are starting to creep back in. Our ghrelin, it's not as like it's still it's coming back again now, and we do get hungry and back. yeah, but we get like our restriction <laughs> isn't quite as yeah. as big as what it used to be. Like I mean, like we've kind yeah. of got, slipped into what I like to think of as like normal adult living yeah. if that makes yeah. sense well, we're probably where we should have been at prior to needing bariatric surgery if that makes sense so it's just like we're day-to-day living and it's boring and hard yeah because yeah. like be, coming from an obese background you've always got it in the back of your mind that you don't want to get back to where you are so like so many people say oh have bariatric surgery and you'll never have to diet again another day in your life and you'll forget about food and I don't find that's true because I'm now like I'm worried that post baby I want to lose a bit of weight, but I'm also I don't want to focus on it and I don't want to. It's, yeah. it's this real hard balancing act to try and not obsess over it again, but also be mindful of where I could end up. Yeah. Yes, yes, no, I think you put that really well. I would love to ask you, Lita, if you're happy to share more about having because you've got seven months old baby or yeah. eight. Seven, seven, okay, yep. yep, nearly. And so, what's that been like? Often, women will go through bariatric surgery to put themselves in a position mm-hmm. to pat the baby. Yeah. And so, you've had your child a bit further down the track. But what's that been like with respect to managing a very normal and expected weight gain and seeing scales go up? I'd love to hear about your experience. It was challenging for me. Like I knew in the back of my mind. I had to gain weight in order to have a baby. Like it was, it's going to happen. And I got on the scales probably at about 20 weeks pregnant and I weighed 90 kilos. And for some reason, 90 kilos is a triggering number for me. I'm not sure why. I just psychologically, it triggers me. And so that I made a pact to myself that day that I wasn't going to get on the scales again until I got to hospital to have our baby. I ended up gaining 16 kilos during the pregnancy and I lost about maybe almost 10 of it after but I'm hovering around that sort of like 85 to 90 kilo mark now which is terrifying to me but also a lot of people during my pregnancy said oh you're pregnant you're feeding for two or eat that cake because the baby wants it and I had to keep on saying the baby doesn't know what sugar is like that's me that's me wanting it and they're like oh but it's fine and then when I was breastfeeding everyone was like oh but you're breastfeeding you've got to eat this you've got to do that and it was like I started Pretty much for a year and a half, I was justifying mm. the bad behaviors that I was putting back in place because I was pregnant or I was breastfeeding. Mm. So that was one thing that whilst I was like, cool, I'm going to eat ice cream. I was like, I probably shouldn't eat an entire tub of ice cream. Like there's a, there's oh. it's really me just trying to balance again, the whole yeah. pregnancy and gaining weight and needing to eat for nutrition, but also not letting myself blow out again mm, yes. it, was, it was yeah. really hard yeah yeah and 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 seeing I know for for many women seeing that scale go up even though the head can say it's it's baby and I need to and all of that the heart doesn't it is it is really really challenging and kind of you lose you lose control not that you have full control but you lose control of your body and there's a lot of over pregnancy your body takes over and an appetite and all all of that how, how do you feel I was thinking about this when you said like life's boring now and no one's saying good on you for maintaining and things. Also what happens as a new mum is everyone focuses on your child. It's not about you anymore. It's like kind of push you out of the way. It's all about the kid. (laughs) (laughs) So but thank you for sharing because I think that's a really common 
tough time for women with or without bariatric surgery, but it can be really triggering. And I want to talk to you a little bit about, Shannon, I haven't forgotten about you, don't no. worry. <laughs> that I, I, I really loved when you talked about that push and that feeling like you want to bring your weight down a bit and get back into a bit more of your space where you're a bit more comfortable, confident, but not wanting to go into that full dieting kind of space. And, yeah, I think that is such a common struggle for women that have got to the point where they go, I know dieting doesn't work and it's not good for my mental health, all of that. How do you manage that thought of like not go, okay, I'm going to do a pouch reset or I'm going to do keto because the default is to reach for a diet. Yeah. What are you doing? Can I ask? What's- well, 100% full disclosure, I've actually just booked in to go and see my bariatric dietitian again just because Great. I am feeling yeah. a little bit uh, lost isn't the right word. But again, you've got social media and everything. You've got so many different diet culture and different diets being thrown on you and of course it's like natural to be like cool I'm gonna go on the carnivore diet now or I'm gonna do a pouch reset and I know for a fact like you might get quick results that way but that's never worked for us before in the past so where we're at at the moment and where I'm at at the moment is I don't have a a massive amount of weight that I want to lose and I don't don't get me wrong like I don't need need to lose weight it's just that I want to feel at my peak again like it all comes down to how I feel Mm. and so I need to go and speak to my dietitian just to find out what balance I guess looks like for us now I don't like the idea of cutting out complete food groups and I don't like the idea of being super restrictive but I also like I'm the first person to put my hand up and say as Shan said before we got to being morbidly obese because we didn't know what we were doing and we're sort of at the stage now where it's kind of like okay well we're getting back to like I need help we need advice where are we at now we're six years down the track our our sleeves isn't necessarily doing what it was two years down the track so where are we at what can we do Mm. how do we live a sustainable lifestyle with a good relationship to food that is fantastic and the research shows good follow-up and keeping kind of in touch with your healthcare professionals help increases success rates and maintenance. If you don't use it, you lose it. And that's knowledge. And that's a whole also habit. So that's lovely to check in. This mm-hmm. is where I am now and get that professional advice. So no, good on you. That's great. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going together or it's just? Sure. Leader's more the, I, I honestly am the kind of person with food where if you could do a say, like <laughs> if you could give me a pill in the morning that just gave me everything I need, I would just do that. You know what I mean? Because I just, whatever's put in front of me, I'll eat it. I mean, like, so Lita is the cook and she has a lot more like I guess passion around that yeah. so I, I like to hear it from her because yeah. <laughs> so like going to that I'd be like yeah. this, right? yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm really passionate about cooking and food and I actually really enjoy learning about the different sort of yeah. you know, fats and carbs and all those sorts of things so I'm more than happy to go and have an hour hour and a half consultation and learn all of that and then bring it home and, and yeah. explain it beautiful <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't know, Shannon, you're going to be sitting in the corner taking notes for like, I'm just yeah. joking, I know. <laughs> I'll make parts of it. I know she absorbs it a lot better and she has a way that like we communicate yeah. well, so I know she'll be able to communicate it to me a way that I understand a little bit easier and I won't get lost because sometimes yeah. my, my brain doesn't absorb it because, like, yeah, I'm a very much a dopamine addict, so, like, mm-hmm. I definitely have realised that my attention span isn't great, so I like to some get things summed up for me, but, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. 
It's, 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 up to, it's up to Lita. She's, she's got it covered, so I trust yeah. her. He eats whatever I put in front of him. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you guys are a great team, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I, I like, I was, the best thing that's ever happened through this was like meeting Lita mm-hmm. a year or six months after six surgery. Months, yeah. And because she was my best friend for so long before we actually decided to be together. Um, but it was just so good having that person in your corner that you just are both going through it. You know what I mean? And it's just, I, like I, I pull her up she pulls me up even when like when she was pregnant I hated being the guy to be like I know how good we are at justifying things to ourselves and then I'd be to Lita like like people saying that to you is almost justifying something you're already justifying you know what I mean and then she goes yeah and then so she goes to that mental pathway a little bit to like just kind of pull herself up and stuff and just make sure it's she's doing it for her and not old habits slipping and stuff so yeah, yeah. it's been the best thing to have her in my corner because yeah, she and we worked really well together too because Shan definitely motivated me to get into exercise and fitness, yeah. whereas I, or I probably wouldn't have gotten into that as much as what I did if it wasn't for him. And I think I keep you a bit in line with the nutrition side. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we kind of really work well and bounce off each other. In that yeah, wonderful. Yeah. I'm very simple with food. She's a little bit more... She's Adventurous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many different foods because we'll go out to a restaurant she'll be like, I want this. And I'm like, I have no idea what that is, but sure, let's go with that. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So Shannon, what's different for you this six years down the track than the early days? What's I life like? I like in the early days, it was just like, as Lita said, the first years was easy for the fact of, it was just so much, again, like dopamine, like people being like, you knew you'd go out and someone be like, oh my God. And that really like gives you a bit of a trigger to like be motivated. And obviously the scales going down is a huge motivator. But for me these days, it's very much like Atomic Habits is something we live by, like it's something I've come to really appreciate because I used to always be about like, I'll go to the gym today and I'll do the ridiculous workout and I'll be so sore tomorrow and then I won't want to go for the next week. And I've come to realize the little efforts each day is what matters. You know what I mean? Like they're not the, whoa, like fireworks. I did something and it's spectacular and everyone's going to give me a pat on the back because it was so awesome. But they're the little things if you continue to do them it's like just putting a plus in a box. I mean, like, so that day's a win. That day's a win. And those little wins equal a lot more than yep. those big wins less often, if that makes sense. So yep. for me, it's it's become, it's just, as Lita said, boring is probably not the best <laughs> word. Like life's still great and we get to do a lot of things, but it's definitely compared to the early days of barotic surgery, when you lose the weight and everything feels new and fresh and exciting, you definitely just are in life now. It's just, it's normal. And you need to find the the routine that kind of fits your day-to-day life like even now being a dad like I was doing ultras and triathlons and yeah I'm I'm an extreme mindset so like I'm all or nothing so and I've had to really understand that and break that down because I went from being morbidly obese to running 100 kilometers and now I've come back to now I'm a dad and I'm like okay I need to be find that normality that fits in with my life now like so I like I, I run like five to seven k's a day and I do a little weight session rather than running 20 k's a day you know what I mean like try yep. to adjust my life to be more sustainable long term now tell me is this you you have had your bariatric surgery and you're feeling lost you're lacking support and you don't know what to eat and when or you may have noticed after your surgery your hunger and cravings have started to return and you are scared you won't reach your goals. You may have had some weight regain and you wanna stop the weight regain and lose some more weight. You may be pre-surgery and you want support to be fully prepared for your weight loss surgery journey. If any of these sound like you, then listen up. I have developed my bariatric nutrition bootcamp just for you. 
My coaching program provides education, coaching and community for people getting ready for their weight loss surgery and at every stage after their surgery. There are four key areas that I focus on with my clients in my bariatric nutrition bootcamp. One is the bariatric nutrition basics. You will learn what and how to eat so you feel satisfied, reach your protein and fluid goals and have less cravings and know how to manage your hunger in the future. Meal ideas and meal planning. You'll learn to plan meals and snacks that you like so you have great options on hand when it comes time to eat. Also, we focus on mastering weight regain habits, identifying any habits that are stopping you from reaching your goals and create manageable strategies to get back on the straight and narrow so you can manage your weight for the rest of your life. And also I focus with my clients in my bariatric nutrition bootcamp on learning to trust your body and food. Start to enjoy your food again by relearning to listen to your body cues so you have less guilt and improve your relationship with food and your body. If you are ready to maximize your weight loss surgery results, feel confident in your journey and be led with support and expert guidance, then the Bariatric Nutrition Bootcamp is for you. If you would like to know more about my coaching program, check out the link in the show notes. I love that. And you mentioned a book there, the Atomic Habits yeah. book, which is a wonderful, I've recommended that to many people. I just wanted to, you said the, yeah, but I just was like, oh, I don't know if people yeah, we, know it's actually a book. We always say, it should, well, I used to the audio book, we said it should be in the bariatric startup yeah. app. I mean, yeah. like Atomic Habits is just so great with like understanding that you don't have to get the results tomorrow. It's what you set up today or set up tomorrow and continue yes. to do on a repetitive nature that will lead to the end result. I think just but bariatric paste in general, we're very like we, we want it tomorrow. And it, it's normal. I think that's just humans. I think that's just normal. Yeah. But it's good to understand you can get the results over a period of time with little habits that don't impact your life so dramatically. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. So my next question is what advice would you give somebody if they were thinking about surgery or in the early days? Anything, any kind of pearls of wisdom? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen it throws everybody off because it's so hard to like wrap up such oh a, i know how tough question um i think that you mentioned it before like earlier on is just remembering your why and why you're doing it because you're gonna have tough days you're gonna have days where you don't want to do things you're gonna have days where you regain you're gonna have days where you don't feel good but just remembering like the reason why you did it and why you started is probably it keeps you grounded and keeps you working towards that those goals if you're feeling a little bit stuck yeah yes. and for me what I was also hearing from both of you was that sharing a shared experience and you obviously connected can I ask how did you connect and meet was it through an online group or was it through your surgery center well, it was Instagram. We went to like a bariatric meetup in the Gold Coast, I think it was. And like we kind of connected before that. Then we went to that meetup and then like we kind of really like connected while we were down there. And then we kind of just kept in touch a lot and ended up becoming gym buddies and like doing all that stuff together. And yeah, just it was like, okay. what was it, three, I think it was three, three years before we decided, oh, hey, what? Like, <laughs> like 
let's have a baby and make it official. If you listen to all of our podcasts from the very beginning yeah. to the first, like, or yeah. what must have been the first two years of our podcast, we weren't actually a couple. And yeah. when we got together, everyone was like, we connected with through instagram originally and just through the the meetups in the community so yeah if, if you're around and if you can find any of the meetups it's definitely because mm. again like having a barry buddy is so helpful because people who haven't struggled with their weight or people who haven't gone through this experience it's very hard to talk or to understand on the same level yeah. so yeah i would also yeah, if you can find yourself somebody close by as well it's all great to have heaps of people online but if you can find somebody in your local community that can motivate you and help you through certain it times real be, with you. yeah it's a big one like because on instagram and stuff like that it can be a lot of fluff fluff like justifying a decision mm-hmm. like a lot of times like i would turn to somebody on instagram and i'd be like hey you know i'm not doing things the right way and they'll be like Sorry, but trust, trust it. Well, I, I need someone like I'm the kind of person if I went to a nutritionist or a dietitian or whatever. Like I want them to call me out. I mean, like I don't, I know I'm doing the wrong thing. I don't want someone to be like justify it because I'm already justifying it. So I like the hard truths from people that I trust and care about. Obviously, not just randoms on the street, but like yeah. you know, I, I do like the close circle understand me well enough to kind of give me those hard truths and not mm. tell me the words that make me continue to do it. If that makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely worth it. Just even like having a good circle of friends like in the Barrett community is always a very, very good tool to have as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, And that's why I kind of brought that up. I think that's really important to be have someone to talk to that understands because mm. often people can be really isolated, not always. And, yeah, but, no, that is wonderful. So, Shannon, any other advice that you have for someone before surgery, early days, or anything yeah. else? Yeah. I, like the first thing that comes to mind for me is it's okay to not be perfect I think is the best way to put it like so like for me as I said earlier having to drop the ego and come into this process willing to just go I'm broken like I have stuff I need to work on there's things I need to improve in my life put yourself in that position where you you're okay with not being okay Caroline. like you, you're broken you need to fix yourself but if you kind of go through this process my favorite quote is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and accepting a different result because it really just like it really shows what will make you successful after bariatric surgery. Because if you come in and you're like, no, no, I know food, I know this, I know that, and you expect the tool to do everything for you, there will come a time that the tool's yeah. no longer there. And then there's a reason 50% of people regain after bariatric surgery. It's because they're not willing to use that early days when the weight's coming off to be like, okay, like let's put these puzzle pieces together, understand what's gone wrong in the past and how I rectify it with this bit of relief that I'm feeling when food isn't super prevalent in your mind because you're not thinking about food so much in the first year it's kind of a, a gap year of mental like freedom to kind of have those thoughts and put those things in place and start to envision what you look like long term i think that's probably the best way to put it <laughs> i don't know it's really hard yeah. I, my brain just goes a million miles an hour and i'm like oh my god how do you wrap all this up into like, i know i know am i really so hard? <laughs> I, I, I... I heard a, a saying or a, a metaphor, I guess you could say, I think it was a couple of years ago. And it was the fact that year one, you, after surgery, you're being chauffeured around. So essentially you are not in the driver's seat. The surgery is doing everything for you, for yourself. Mm-hmm. But year two, 
you're sort of like the driver gets out and you kind of jump in, jump out, and you kind of like co-driving oh, together. He comes to the fuel station and you're sitting in the back seat. But he gets out occasionally and goes yeah. to fill up the fuel tank, and you're just sitting in the back seat by yourself. So you have to like not do anything. Crazy. And in year three, your chauffeur's gone and you're yeah. you're on your own sort of thing. So I know, like I guess I would say as well, in that first year, whilst you're on autopilot, try and put those behaviors in place. Try and. Yeah. The things try and learn a little bit more about nutrition, or even if you're not into exercising, move 10 minutes every single day and just put in that baseline, like mm. set a new baseline, I guess, for yourself. So, because if 10 minutes a day becomes your new norm in the first year, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier to build on that mm. in year two than having to yep. start in year two, if that makes yes. sense definitely I talk all about it using those early days and really not just relying on the surgery mm-hmm. I'd never heard that metaphor and I talk about another one I actually have that you and you give you mine <laughs> I love metaphors <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like when the tallest surgery is like a a new car that self-drives so it's really kind of the same yeah and if you don't learn to drive it if you give it no it went all of a sudden when it stops self-driving You've got to learn to drive. It's a lot easier to do in the beginning. So I, I spent a little bit longer to, but that, I hadn't heard that one, but I kind of thought about that other one. But anyway, thank you so much. This has oh, been okay. a wonderful chat. I would love you to both share about your podcast and where people can find you. If people want to reach out, say hi. Yeah, I'd love you to do that. So, well, Barry Banner is the name of the podcast. It's available on all the podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Play, all that. If you do want to come on, because we, we honestly, we feel like everyone has a story. We just love talking to people. It's literally why we've done it for so long. It, it's almost like meeting a new friend each week. And it's just so, it's funny how we're all so similar, but so different. And it's what we love. So if you do want to come on, uh, barrybanner.com is where you go. You'll talk to the leader. So you don't have to worry about me talking you off. She's the one who organizes things and gets things in place. And then, yeah, we just sit down and have a chat. And it's not, everyone comes on and goes, oh, it's, it's so daunting to go on a podcast. But it's like, we try, like you do very well, just try and just have an organic conversation. You know what I mean? Just have a chat, get to know who you were and just break down your journey as complex as it is we started it because we found back in 2018 Mm. when we were going through the process there wasn't a lot from a patient's perspective there's a lot of information out there from dietitians nutritionists surgeons all those sorts of things but there wasn't really a lot of things from people who have heard and lived it before so our biggest thing is that we want to try and share the voice of the patient and we talk about the ups the downs the highs the lows everything in between there's nothing off limits we're very open and honest and we just have a chat and tell everybody's stories so yeah (laughs) Um, reach reach out on instagram is probably the easiest place barry banter or at barry banter i'm there 24 7 so yes shoot us an email we're happy to talk to you about anything at all that's wonderful. So thank you so much for your time and your honesty. And it's been here yeah, wonderful. And everyone listening, thank you so much for your support and listening to my podcast. And if you do find my podcast of value and you're enjoying my episodes, I would love you to give me a subscribe and a rating and a review. So thank you so much. And I look forward to being back in your ears next week. Bye for now. Bye.